Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm so excited today because today we have Tanya Chacha Sandoval McMahon. And she, she's been around doing comedy forever. She um, was dubbed the great physical comedian by Army Atchard. Archard. I never, I know I should know it. Um, she was baptized in the business as the original action actress by Clint Eastwood. And she's been steadily in this entertainment industry that we love as a stand-up comic, song, impressionist, writer, actress, and producer for over three dec- decades. Mm-hmm. Which is a quadruple threat, even though it's three decades threat. before. Well, yeah. It is, but uh, quadruple threat. And you have also been breaking stereotypes of the Latino narrative. Yes. Latina yes, narrative. Yes, very much. Yes. And um, I think you would say that you're not good at being a Mexican? I'm not good at being Mexican. I, I choke on chili. I have one kid and I drive a Prius. I was married to a, a British man. I made him... Legal. Me, the Mexican, makes a British man legal. That's the first for a Mexican in L.A. Wow. So that's unusual. And uh, I have a daughter. She's got your – she's the red-colored hair. You know Devin. Yes. Redhead when she was born. Nobody used to think that I was the maid. And you stole her. the ch- – oh, and you were just babysitting the child. Uh, yeah, and that's what I would get. I'd go to the – I'd literally go to the park. they go, how long are you taking care of the baby? And I said, oh, since I birthed her, you idiot, you. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I would get for for years, you know. Yeah. I mean, for years and years. I had to be – I had to dress up to go to the park. I could not wear a sweatsuit as a Mexican. I couldn't do it. Wow. And, and uh, so wait, and so I have to go back because I thought I heard you say you only had one kid. I have one kid. That's wow. really bad for a Mexican. I'd that's, say how bad I'm a bad Mexican, wow. but I'm a good Chicana. That's okay. the difference. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Were your parents proud? They were very proud that I was a proud Chicana. But, you know, I, I do cook really good Latino meals. Okay. And I do know when somebody's Latino because I can always tell by the rice or the beans that they use. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm good in that way. I know, I know do how you to make, do that. Is it menudo? What's no, I don't the, like menudo. That's the intestine stuff, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't like really it. That's really gross. It yeah. is really creepy it's, for me. Yeah. yeah. Some people love it. It's good, but I'm not into that. That's not yeah. my thing, you know. But um, I do love like that. I, I make like pozole. I make, you know, really good beans and rice. I know how to make, you know, arroz con pollo. There's just like, you know, the thing is I'm very Americanized, but my stomach always dictates where I go and I cook well. So I go to the kitchen and I cook well. <laughs> no, that's good. All right. Well, here's one other Mexican dish that I've eaten yeah. um, a lot. I used to work in this uh, clothes factory and um, on Saturdays they would barbecue for all yeah. the workers yeah. and we would have barbecued uh, chicken feet. No, and, no, I, 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 I got to like, tell you, I'm if you sure don't you look it. at it, it's really good. Well, it's like it's almost like popcorn or something because it has that taste to it. I think it's I'm really, not into that. It the is. It's that, really good. But I just don't, do you know, and then you okay. can clean your teeth with the little, you know, the little <laughs> fingernails. <laughs> hey, it's natural. What can you say? It's a great I, toothpick. It is. And after you've had a few Coronas, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> really. No, really. <laughs> At 12 o'clock, nobody matters at that point across no, the bar. You know, the bar, chicken feet, whatever, you know? I would so. go home on Saturday so drunk. I'm like, I'm supposed to be working. Give uh, me the chicken feet. God. So um, you started out um, doing comedy at the comedy store. Yes. Um, and you, I, to me, it's an interesting story. Like, what happened? Well, I came in with a guy by the name of Jesse Aragon, who ended up passing away when we kind of formed a group with Fred Asparagus and uh, Quentin Gutierrez and 
Larry Omaha and also Charlie Hill because Charlie Hill kind of fit the whole Latino thing because he was Indian. He didn't know where to go, so they brought him in. Right. I was going to say, he's Indian, but uh... (laughs) – worked with us, you know. So I was brought in. um, We were doing all the sketches and Mitzi saw me and just loved me and wanted me to audition for it. I came in to audition and uh, there was a whole group of us that kind of got into this whole fight because we believed different things. And so uh, I was with a bunch of Latino guys, so that was not easy and uh, very rough at the time. And uh, what happened is I came to audition, and the guys didn't – one of the guys did not want – I'm not going to mention who it was, but didn't want me in here because he was, like, the only Latino here. And there was some weird stuff going on with that. So they were going to block me as much as they could. I didn't know that that was, like, a possible thing. But the day that I came, that evening, I was going to audition for Mitzi. And she had seen me numbers of time at the store here, you know, doing my improv thing. She goes, I love your faces. That's what she used to say to me all the time. <laughs> Love the faces. So what happened was uh, Sam Kinison was in the hallway, introduced me to him. Quentin Gutierrez introduced me to him. And he goes, uh, so I hear you're going up tonight for uh, Mitzi. I said, yeah. And he goes, good, good, good. So he, as soon as I went up, I had no idea he was going to do this. He ran over to the seat, sat down, and he grabbed. Next I to Mitzi. Next to, right next to Mitzi. I, you know how she used to sit in that one seat there. He yep. was over to the side. And then he put, he put uh, gosh, who was the other guy? It was, uh, he's a guy that was on, uh, gosh, he was on that cop show. I can't remember. Anyway, he was, uh, I want to say David Brenner or wait. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. There's a few cop shows. Yeah, so. but, but the really famous one, that was he was a comic. Uh, Richard Belzer. It was Richard Belzer. Richard, Richard Belzer. That's oh, who okay. it was. And he put Richard Belzer over on the side. He happened to be there that evening. And I went up, and I was nervous because those guys were there. I was nervous because they were there. I was doing it in front of Kinderson, and then I was doing it in front of Mitzi. It was like a lot of pressure for me. Yeah. But people kept trying to come over, and he would just block them. Sam would put his arm up and block them, you know. So I got in because I think I really was about Sam Kinison, you know, and he influenced. And I had just met him. But yeah. he was kind, and uh, he was very sweet to me, and I was very fortunate to – have him do that for me. And I didn't realize the value of that till years later. Yeah. Somebody, I think it was uh, Bobby, was it Bobby? Somebody told me about that. Bobby oh, Bobby Lee? Yeah. Bobby, uh, no, Bobby Ludington. Oh, Bobby Ludington. Somebody mentioned it, that that's what he used to do. Oh, he blocked. You know what it was? It was Joey Gaynor. Oh, okay. Joey Gaynor mentioned it to me. So he goes, oh, I know what happened there. Yeah, no, I, um, and I don't know if, I mean, that's been a while because, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I used to, uh, when I knew friends of mine were going up, I would go and sit. With Mitzi to make sure that, uh, like, nobody could interrupt her so that she'd get caught no up in conversation. Because Mitzi was great. You know, if somebody comes up and starts talking to her, she was just sweet. She'd start talking. Yes. And so it's like, no, 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 you got to watch this person. And then the next person, it doesn't matter. But this right. person matters. Right. Um, and so um, did you – where did you – and when did you get the name Cha-Cha? Did that come from comedy or – came from comedy, but it was my mom couldn't dance. Oh, she was a famous dancer. Oh, she was a well-known dancer. I could not dance, and okay. I couldn't do the cha-cha-cha. I still am not great at dancing, okay. but um, so they used to call me cha-cha. I couldn't do the cha-cha-cha. It was sort of a nickname, okay. so I ended up using the name cha-cha. It, you know, it really, it came from the fact that Tanya uh, Sandoval uh, did not work as far as Latina. For some reason, right. people didn't, like, get the idea that I was Latina. I didn't have an orale pues accent. So right away they start, started to say to me, are you really Latino? Right. So I always had to kind of prove that I was Latino. So I, I used the name, changed it, and used my real name, which was Sandoval. So, okay. And that helped. That worked. Well, the, the reason I'm asking about the names is because um, 
you know, obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, but, you know, Mitzi used to give people some names. And so, like... Uh, she loved that name. Carlos Mencia was not Carlos Mencia. No, it wasn't Carlos very Mencia. Ger- very German name. Very German name. And um, actually, she wanted my name for the longest time on the lineups. It would say Bob Presbyterian. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> she, lo- she loved that I was Presbyterian. Yeah. And so, on the lineups, yeah. and I'd say, please say Bob Wheeler when you... Please, please. Some I people can't would be like, that. "Yeah, that was my name on on the." That works. I mean, that's cute. <laughs> I like, you like it, but it's so mitzy. Did I, did I miss know? my opportunity? Darn no, it. I. But it. But it's. I think it's great. I, that's what she did. She used to call. I don't know. Somebody. She said, "I want your name to be Charlie Taco." It was just crazy stuff that she would say. Yeah. But she knew how to like look at a character and know exactly yeah. how to pin somebody immediately, and that was the beauty of who she was. Yeah. Regardless of what any or anybody said, she had those visions that nobody has now. Nobody. Well, I think that the reason, and this is my own take, but I think that the reason that the comedy store is an artist colony is because Mitzi was an artist. Mitzi was not just. Yes, she was. Um, she wasn't just a club owner. She wasn't just like, oh, get the people up. No, she like she lived and breathed. Um, she tended them. And she, yeah, and so it's like I think that's the the thing that makes the comedy store unique is that yes. Mitzi was actually an artist who loved nurturing other artists. She loved other people. I mean, you know, she got into fights with other people too. People would fight with her all the time, but Mm -hmm. that's the thing about comics. We're all kind of sort of nuts. I mean, that she took care of a lot of us. And she did. She took care of a lot of the guys. Lots of stories there, you know. Putting them up. Lots of rehab. Paying for bills. Paying for funerals. Paying medical bills. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Amazing stuff. So let me ask you this. So you're you're a bad Mexican, but... um, so what does that mean in terms of like, do you have um, a particular set of money beliefs? Like, or is there something that, <laughs> or maybe no, I don't believe in money or. I believe um, in money big okay, time. Right. You know, Just there, there is a part of my, uh, who I am. And it's it, actually, my dad uh, was a Mexican Jew, which is very strange. I don't even ask how that happened, but you know, the Jews got over everywhere and they traveled everywhere and went everywhere. But there's a little bit of that in my family. And, um, uh, you know, some people have said to me, well, you can't be because you're not really good at money. So, you know, that I, I, I am here to prove that all Jews can be perfect and have great money issues, okay? So, but be, being Mexican, I know that I, I don't want to say that's not that's not racist. That's, you know, that's a joke. Actually, Lotus Weinstock used to joke with me about that all the time. Um, being Mexican means um, I was broke for a long time. No, right. Um, it, it uh, I grew up in a family in sort of the Echo Park area, which is now the place to be, to hang, to mm-hmm. be. My parents ended up buying a house. My mom was great with money. Mm-hmm. My dad, not so great. How many How many brothers and sisters? An older brother and a younger brother. Uh, my oldest brother is a dentist. He's phenomenal. Okay. And he does really well. Like, he's good at, with money. Like, my sister-in-law is like, Martha is like amazing. She's amazing. Me, I'm, I was really good. I'm kind of, I, I, for some reason, can see a business venture. I have that about me. Then I go, that's going to make a lot of money. And I have people that want to jump in to stuff. Like I have what I have right now going on, uh, which is a small comedy club. And I'm really at a place that there's people that want to invest in it. And I have a festival coming up, which people are jumping on to, you know, want to be an invest in, mm-hmm. investor in it. I have written a couple of things. I've, I've done things where people want to invest. So I tend to get great things going. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really, I can't say I don't know how to invest the money. 
Uh, it's never, growing up, it was never a thing that um, was a big deal when I grew up. You know, there was never a focus on that. Um, I was sort of ahead of the game because I was a stunt lady in Hollywood. That's how I started out. Okay. Uh, I was very physical, did a lot of work doing that. I started a group called the United Stunt Women's Association. And uh, it's a big, big deal now. Great top stunt ladies in Hollywood. And um, I did that because I couldn't work as a Latina in Hollywood. There was right. no place to go. So I went under the name of Tanya Russell. But um, I had always, I made great money, did well with it, invested in a couple of things, and, and then they fell apart. I did have a house. Mm-hmm. My husband who was, at the time, the British gentleman, um, New Zealander British. Um, we had a nice house, and we lost it. Ah. We lost it. But that was because he had cancer, and then I came down with cancer. It was kind of a weird thing. We both had it at the same time. Uh, nothing was wrong with the property. We weren't eating weird food. It just happened. I think there was yeah. so much pressure on us yeah. that that happened, you know, and my life started to go through a downward spiral. And uh, I never even thought of trying to make money or change in the facet of, Trying to look at money differently, I was just trying to survive. Yeah. But now, at this point, with where I'm at, I'm looking at things from a different p- perspective, mm-hmm. and you have to really kind of change. You got to change a lot of beliefs with money, you mm-hmm. know, and that comes into a place. But I think artists have a tendency to just be so flagrant; they think that they're going to have their youth all the time. Right. And you've got to start putting away. What I've learned from this, mm-hmm. you've got to put things away for a rainy day, and you've got to align yourself with certain people that are going to teach you. I'm trying to get my daughter to move into that direction. Yeah. So she's in school at Cal State Northridge right now, cool. and she's thinking about. Uh, she went to the. She's going to the Nazarian Business School over there, and she had a choice between the party school, Santa Barbara, and the school. And she decided to uh, go there so she could learn business, and she wants oh, to be cool. a lawyer. So that's wow. where her heart's going, yeah. And did your parents encourage you to go into something more practical? Did they support you? No, they were really good about the arts with me. They were good <laughs> about that. Uh, we, you know, we came, my parents came from a small town in Texas, mm-hmm. which is now a big town. Uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, and there was never really a focus for women being, and and I'm just going to be straight up about this, it's changed quite a bit because I go to a lot of ventures with Latinas and I get involved very much. These women are so savvy now. I mean, they're freaking savvy. You know what I mean? Um, And I I hang out with a guy also that does, I'm going to be going to a a Latin Business Women's Expo uh, next month. I I might be speaking at it. Um, But I'm really into trying to find out where that's at now as I'm older, but when I was younger, there was no focus really for Latinas in mm-hmm. that because there really wasn't a focus for Latinas, you know. Right. Uh, and I'm going to say we, we are victimized continuously. We're victimized in the media, and I'm the uh, change maker in that direction, and I get up and speak about it quite a bit. And it's also having to do with finances and health as well. Okay. They're both connected. And did you, like, how many years, like, how many years did you do entertainment on your own before you got married and had maybe a support system or maybe you didn't have a support system, but like, you know, it's sometimes hard to yeah. be in the entertainment world when you've got a family and you got all these things it's going tough. on. And so I was just wondering, like, you know, did you one day like see a TV show and say, I'm going to be like, uh, I don't know, ISIS or, or one of the, I'm trying to think Which of ISIS. Are you talking about the, the, the no, not the terrorists, like the terrorists. I was just thinking of, yeah, I guess these days, uh, the terrorists, but no, it could be ISIS once a month if you wanted, you know, um, all right. Um, no, but I mean, did you see, like, I'm trying to think of all the, uh, female role models of like strong, like to get you into I'm trying to think of like, 
what kind of stunt work were you doing? I mean, I doubled Wonder Woman for a did while. You really? Okay, I, but I was a small double for then another gal. Jeannie oh, Hepper it's Wonder her. Woman. Yeah. I yeah. was yeah. thinking about ISIS okay. and Wonder Woman. I, the, well, that's really the idea because they're the same people together. Yeah. She was Latina. She was half Latina. Um, actually, um, did I think about that? Um, I was I was making a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. I was making a lot of money. I was the only I think Latina stunt girl at the time, and I made a lot of money. And, uh, but like, but that's not a job. You just go down and go. You know what? Today I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do stunts. I'll tell you why or, I did it. I'll yeah. tell you how I got into it. I got into it because I wanted to get my Screen Actors Guild card, ah. and I could not get it. There was a guy named Glenn Wilder who created a group called uh, Stunts Unlimited, big big group. Him, it was Ronnie Rondell, and then also um, uh, Hal Needham, who's re- really well known. Um, and they started Stunts Unlimited, and Glenn was real kind to me, and I don't know how. I used to work out. I was a gymnast, and I was really into doing that stuff at one time. So um, I worked out with a bunch of friends that were doing stunt, and they kind of were getting into the stunt thing, and I thought, man, I'd like to do this to make some money. Yeah. So well, you can get your Screen Actors Skill card. Oh, that's great. Right. So that's a smart way. So that's how I got it. I ended up, and it's it's kind of like an addiction, or, you know, it's like a heroin addiction. You make money at it. If when it's, people throw it, you off buildings. When they throw you off. And I, and I have a high fall record in here. You have been seeing this, but there is a picture of me doing. I held the high fault record for a while. Oh wow! And, um, see, when I tell people that, they go, "No, you weren't a stunt lady. Come on!" I go, "Yes, I was. I was like an ass kicking one, an ass kicking stunt lady." See, I, there's my high fault. Oh wow! Okay. So, so for those that are 80, listening, yeah. I'm looking at a picture and she's falling. And it's <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big fall. It was a, it was on a show, a movie called Tri- Triangle Factory Fire. I think I missed that one. Yeah, no, it was an old. Stephanie, a lot of it was a really great. It was about the tr- shirtwaist factory fire in okay. in uh, New York. We're talking years ago. Okay, maybe you it'll be a musical it. now. I don't you know. know. They're it's, gonna make it. That's it. They're gonna probably make it into a musical. It's gonna be a musical. And then you, you know. <laughs> I'm not falling anymore. Sing Mm-mm. the high notes. All right. <laughs> um, so you okay? So you started doing that, and then um, and then what? propelled you to say i'm gonna tell a joke i was clint eastwood saw me on a film called bronco billy well he put he brought me in and uh he said you're very quirky you're really cute you're really pretty but you're quirky you're Mm -hmm. not like nick sexy woman you know that wasn't my trip and he literally saw me um while i was doing some stunt work pulled me over to the side talked to me and said come on over to read for me and i came in Miriam Doherty gave me a call, who was a casting person back then, and I went in, I, and I literally, he didn't read me for it. He had me look at the script, and he just had me sit there, and we talked a little bit. And there was something about the way, I guess, that I talked. He asked me, like, crazy questions, and I answered him. He was very, he was a great guy. And um, boom, he said, you're funny. There's just something really funny about you. And uh, so I did it. It was a weird character. Uh, I fell off the horse, and I got a lot of laughs from it. Mm-hmm. And I always did all these kind of things that were very physically funny and strange, and, and I started to get work from that whole thing, and I started getting oh, cool. called for that. And I, and I realized I had a talent for making people laugh mm-hmm. physically and faces, and um, that's what Mitzi saw in me. She goes, God, you got the greatest faces. You're really your faces. So um, – that's when I got it. I realized that I came over sort of working, you know, as far as stand-up goes and trying to get in doing that. And I, that's when I went to Cynthia Segetti and we, we that's both That's where we met. met. Yeah, Cynthia Segetti. And, uh, Rest well, her soul. That's, I love her. Love yeah, her she's so amazing. Much. Uh, so I, that's what I did. I started doing the improv stuff and then came here and then started writing the stand-up stuff. And mm-hmm. I've always written for myself. And, you know, the one thing I have to say that Mitzi taught me here, which is really unusual for a lot of people, don't remember this or think about this. She really had a 
sense of looking at somebody's narrative, mm-hmm. like how they and let us develop into our narratives. Yeah. And I didn't discover mine for a while. You know, it, it took a while. And she gave us the the uh, place to work out and find that and discover yeah. that. There's not a lot of places that do that anymore. It's yeah. very corporate now, you know. Yeah. But I now have that. And it is being a bad Mexican yeah. and breaking the female Latina stereotype. That is my gig. That's a good gig. Let me ask you this. What was the um, the biggest paycheck you got from doing comedy? Do you remember it? Yes. I think I got paid about $2,000 for something. I can't remember what it, what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Right after I did Jerry Maguire, I did some sort of a play, something down in, in the Orange County area, and they had me there for a weekend. for So I got paid about 2000 or 3000 for the day, something like yeah. that, because I had been at that point you know, in a hit movie with mm-hmm. – um, Bonnie Hunt and Tom oh, cool. Cruise and, and did they great. pay? Did they pay you cash? They paid. No, they gave me a check. So, they gave me a did, check. You, did you report it on your taxes? I did report it. I know, really, all <laughs> comics don't do stuff like that. It wasn't cash, no. But yeah, I a lot of people get cash. They so took cash. So I made it to your no, tax return. I, no, it made it to my tax return. So I was officially uh, qualified comic at that point. You know. Okay. So what's your worst? Um, I'm just going to jump around. But yeah. what's your worst? Um, do you remember your? first money experience or did you ever like take money out of your mom's purse or did you uh uh no i would have gotten my ass kicked my mom was a pretty strong latina you know she was uh no did i i think i took it from my dad's because you know the girl can always take it for the dad's and he won't say anything he won't say it my mom was like no you can't take the money no you know, no. she would joke about it. She would, she would say, she would. Now, would she say it in Spanish or English? She would say it in English. My mom oh, okay. was Spanglish. You know what I mean? It was okay. like a Spanglish thing happening. Okay. So that's, I mean, it's really weird being a Mexican. There's different. Well, there's two different kinds here now. You know what I mean? There's Mexican American. There's a, a, a newly, you know, person coming from Mexico. There's definitely tension between there. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, listen, we all kind of get along. You have a couple of beers. You have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And what's your um, chicken feet? Chicken feet. I love chicken feet. Mm. I just can't look at them while I eat them. That's all. Close your eyes. Oh, I just wanted to let people feel the chicken feet for a second. Oh, they're there. fun. It's nice. They look. Good. I mean, it's you not can so use good it as a back chicken. scratcher. Exactly. There's all kinds of things you could have done a lot with of that. Good stuff. A lot yeah. of good stuff. Exactly. And what um, do you have? Like, if you look back, um, are you aware of any like money blocks you had around? Like, I'm an artist, so I should only make a certain amount of money, or yeah. Um, no, I mean, but I know what you're talking about. It's it's very strange what you just said. I mean, I, I can look at other Latino actors that are really big. Selma Hayek, she makes big money. So, but she came, you know, she came from a family that was pretty well wealthy in Mexico. She's half Syrian, I think, Mexican or Lebanese. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but um, she came up and probably had the mindset of money when she came here. She, from what I understand, that's what it was. Growing up Chicana in Los Angeles, East L.A. kind of area, you know, we had racism involved with that. So there was a lot of blocking of that. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad went through a lot of that. So that gets put down into the family. So you kind of have to overcome that mentally. And people say, well, that would never happen. You know, it's a reality. We can't lie about crap like that. It's real. That's That's what it was, you know. A lot of racism. I don't know if people talk about that culturally like it's a Mm -hmm. cultural thing but during the time frame when i was growing up women were not constantly asked to work the way or or become um strong with their money right uh it was not thought upon to go to 
business school for things like that. It was always sort of a, you know, you you get married, you have kids, uh, you marry wealthy. I mean, you know, you keep your weight yeah. down, you marry wealthy. What can I, and it still goes on now. There wouldn't be plastic surgery as hot as it is right now. No, exactly. Well, yeah, I think there was a time, I mean, I I think it's changed. It has. But when, you know, when women went to school, it was, to, you know, as what I was always told is to get their MRS. Yes. And yes. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's definitely Shifting, it has. Women can are in a different, uh, you know, place than they are. And, and now I'm starting to become more savvy at this and what to do. Like I'm a business person. As a matter of fact, right over here, right after this, I'm going to dinner with a couple of people, and I'm going to get a bunch of business papers signed and go down that realm of business. Um, and then I'm looking. I've got a couple of investors right now working with me, and I'm getting more. So, cool. and it's really about getting your ducks in order with business. Now, as far as now I'm looking at making a lot of money, not just as a stand-up, but as right. a producer. Sure. So it's a different venue, making money on, on other people as well, you know, sure. finding younger talent, finding what they could do, and moving that direction. And using the writing that I have, too. Cool. I have a couple of projects that are will do well. I know, I know one of them is going to do well because I'm, I'm hitting the I, – I'm, when I write, I, I look at the aspect of how it's going to make money for me. I'm not doing it because I just want to do it. You know, it's about yeah. – Look at how right. and what demographic can make money on this right. situation. Right, so you're using a practical absolutely as well. You tap into your creativity, but you are also practical. The Latino market's huge right now. Yeah, it's massive, and it's not yes. just massive with guys. It's more massive with women buying product. Right, we're the ones that buy the product for children, for our husbands, mm-hmm. kitchens, everything. We're we're the biggest one, the biggest market right now. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Were your parents, um, were they born in the U.S.? Or? Born in the U.S., yeah. So how many generations are you? Probably about, I'll be honest, about eight generations. Okay. So we're really, we've been here. One side, it's eight generations. The other side, probably, maybe a little bit less. Okay. Um, some of my family on one side had money. The mm-hmm. other side has probably didn't, I would say. But we're here for many generations, had property. And, uh, well, and the reality is, LA actually did used to probably be part of Mexico. It was Mexico. Um, so uh, I mean, I know, they just moved the border. They just moved the border. So. They shifted it. Yes. <laughs> One minute you're. Uh... Well, actually, if, if you think about it, the Mexicans were basically Indians before the Spaniards came, right. and the Spaniards came together and they said, "Come on, let's make some Mexicans." You know what I mean? Yeah. And here we are. We're and here. here we are. So, so really, if they didn't move that border, it would be a bunch of Indians yeah. <laughs> that were d- with Spaniards that would be Mexican after yeah, a while. So exactly. people don't realize, they think, oh, Mexicans are all coming from Mexico. And get them back. They actually lived here. So yeah, I know. Like, people don't know their history. That's all right. Don't. Well, let me ask you this. One last thing um, for the moment. Mm-hmm. If you were to look back um, or looking back on your life, what would you tell a younger version of yourself in terms of picking a career, in terms of uh, money choices, in terms of life choices, what would you tell a younger version of yourself? If you could somehow get into buying property, some way, shape, form, or another, real estate, I think real estate is probably some of the best you know, investments to make, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah. I used to see up in Malibu, it, was like, it wasn't cheap, but it was pretty good there. And all the CEOs at all these companies have bought it up. Property in Los Angeles, I think, would have been really uh, – and my parents own a home. And, okay. Uh, well, you know, Mitzi bought the comedy store. Yeah. I, I have to tell this story. I don't tell it a lot. But um, 
so Mitzi bought the comedy store for I think about three hundred thousand bucks, mm-hmm. and um, we at the time we were banking with Union Bank. She loved Union Bank, and I was like, "What do you, what do you love Union Bank about?" And she's like, "They gave me the they gave me an unsecured loan oh. to make the down payment on the building." Yes, and I mean, I think the building's over a few million dollars it's, in value. It's, a hot, it's the hottest it's, property besides Israel and Los. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's insane, it's, and so you know what I mean. And it's like she was just. Buying the property to make sure that she had a home for the comics. Yes. But it turned out to be financially an amazing investment. Yep. Um, and I, it's funny. I have some older clients that have, you know, they were selling their apartments and stuff. And I'm like, what's the basis? And they're like, I think I paid $20,000 for that. Oh. Selling them for $2 million. Yes. So, like, yeah. Property can be an amazing investment. So, so I think property is probably the wisest. My parents had a house in Las Feliz. I regret not buying the house next door. It's a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like in the hippest area in Las Feliz. So for me, it, it would have been the place to be, the place to go. But it, listen, it's not that it's over now. It's just a new venture. And you have to kind of, for me, I'm not looking at anything in fear. It's fear does so many bizarre things to you. I can't do that. My parents years ago, I remember my dad saying, I wanted to buy this Morgan down the street. And I, I actually bought it and he made me go take it back. <laughs> a Morgan car. You know what you know what that is. So it's a beautiful old Morgan car. I bought it. It, it didn't have a third gear. And I went and I had, I, my dad said, go take it back. I said, I'm not taking it back. I don't want to. And I paid like $300 for it. Nice. And it was sitting in the back. And I know if I would have kept that, I could have cleaned it up, fixed it up. And sold it. Made a profit. And profited with it. But my dad was kind of fearful about it. He didn't want to do it. Right. And my dad did hand down some kind of fear because uh, about not taking the chance on it and not trying to do that. Um, I could have bought a a Frank Lloyd Wright house down on Franklin after the uh, earthquake. Nice. And I should have done it. It was completely fallen apart. I could have restored it. And... I was discouraged not to do it Yeah, greatly. And it's funny. I, I'll say it. I almost married somebody that had the same thinking pattern as my dad. Uh. I And that is a relation thing that – so now I kind of – I really encourage my daughter. He's passed. He passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm single out there. Just want to let you know and I'm cute, okay? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, let me ask you this then because we're about to hit the, the button here. Okay. Ooh, uh, huh. Where can mm, we uh, – let's hit that button. Ooh. Where can people find you, Miss Single You can Cha-Cha. get me on – Facebook, Tanya Chacha Sandoval McMahon. Just go Tanya Chacha. Bang, I pop up. You see a lady with white hair. And uh, I'm cute. You, uh, I'm going to just say it. <laughs> I so, still have guys trying to pick me up. So that's where you get it. Okay. I'm also, you can get me at uh, Bad uh, Bad Mexican Okay. Uh, on Facebook also as right. well. So you Which is different than Bad Mexican food. So yeah. no, find I, you there. Yeah. No, I yeah. won't be any Bad Mexican food for okay. me. Well, listen, Miss... Tanya Cha Cha. Yes. It has been great having you here. Thank you, darling. Um, it's been really fun. And uh, if you enjoyed it, share the laughs. Um, yes. Check her out. You can check us out at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm still learning to talk. I, anyway. Support Bob. He's support. awesome and he's smart. You guys, if you don't do this, you're going to lose out. Bob is on top of it. I have to tell you, you've always been on top of it. And you got picked here. She was not stupid. This Mitzi was smart. She grabbed you immediately. So if you are not, if you're like silly out there, don't do it. Get a hold of Bob. Get a hold of Bob. All right. <laughs> you're listening to Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. Until next time. Thanks.